1: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is a Saturday, fourth day of March, 2023. What is going on, everybody? Dan Grasso Show, we are back, we are live. And we got ourselves a bonus half hour again for you. That's right, second Saturday in a row, extra 30 minutes. Boy, those Rangers, they like playing the one o'clock games, don't they? Little Matinees. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. And, yes, indeed, we're taking it right up until 1230. Then Don LaGreca's got Ranger pregame Rangers and the Bees coming up this afternoon from Beantown. We got Joe Leo. We got Harvey Cruz. They're producing the program today. And, as always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. Boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you. I- I'm serious. We really and truly do. We got the extra half hour, so you know what we said? We might as well give the people their money's worth, right? Give them what they paid for, for this type of content, this program here this morning. And we got a jam-packed show for you. But is it going to be as jam-packed as what we saw last night down in Miami? That's the question. Because I I, I don't know. It's becoming kind of like a Groundhog Day type feel. Like we wake up, we turn on the microphone. We sit here and talk about the Knicks, and forget about the degree of excitement. Forget about the drama, the flair for the dramatic, all those things. The common theme with the Knicks these days is they just win, right? This team just doesn't know how to lose. Doesn't matter if they're trailing by a significant amount. No deficit is too big. Doesn't matter if they just go wire to wire and beat the opposition like they did the other night against the Brooklyn Nets. And by the way, let's give Brooklyn credit. They had a really good win last night. I know we take a lot of shots at their expense, but they had a real good win last night in Boston. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Coming back from 28 down. Or in a case like last night, where it looked like the Knicks had that game seemingly in control for the majority of it, right? Had a big old lead on the Miami Heat. Miami looked like they didn't want any part of that game. They wanted to go already out to South Beach and have themselves a fun Friday night. And the Knicks were more than happy to oblige And got out of Dodge with a convincing road victory. But no, that wasn't the case. You know, Knicks just couldn't give you an easy, stress free Friday night. They had to make it interesting. They had to let Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero do their things and get a a second wind, if you will, and get Miami back into this game. And then the Knicks got a little bit sloppy there in the fourth quarter, a little careless with the basketball. And Miami looked like they were going to be the ones to take advantage of it on their home floor. And then you were maybe getting those hints, right? It was like you you started to get the feeling maybe like in the back of your neck a little bit that, wait a sec, maybe the Knicks aren't who we thought they were. Maybe this team still isn't quite there. Maybe they, they're they not somebody that you can maybe have a ton of confidence in 100%. But no. No, we should know better than that, right? This is a different Knicks team. I mean, he got the head coach the other day going out there and making the comparisons to, you know, the late 90s Knicks, that that's what he kind of, you know, that's the comparison that he draws when he looks at this current group of players and how they're just never down and the flair for the dramatic and the resiliency and all of these things that they have exhibited here, it seems like on a night-in-night-out basis. And Julius Randle, despite the fact that he had himself another virtuoso evening, you know, at the end, kind of makes you sweat a little bit. Gets a little bit sloppy. You know, maybe a little bit too many examples of the hero ball, and then it almost came back to bite him in the you-know-where. Turning the basketball over, Miami taking advantage of it, and, uh uh-oh, Knicks are trailing, but no. These aren't those Knicks. These are the new Knicks. The new Knicks to where until the clock says triple zero, they're never out of a game. And that's exactly what happened last night. Julius Randle shaking off the miscues, coming back. And look, that's not a shot that you're going to draw up nine times out of ten, right? That's not what Tom Thibodeau is going to sit there and diagram for the game-winning shot or the ideal game-winning shot. It's called improvising. It's called being a basketball player. It's called doing your thing. And you know what? When he got the hot hand like Julius Randle had, those are going to fall for you. And they did last night, and more importantly for the Knicks, hey, it did when they needed it the most. And what can you say? We're sitting here with 17 games left in the season. They're on an eight-game winning streak. They're 11 games over five i I'll repeat that. 11 games over 500 next weekend is selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament when was the last time we could actually sit here a week before March Madness and talk about the Knicks being 11 over 500 and in really good shape and oh by the way there's one team in this league one team in the entire sport who's got more road wins than the New York Knickerbockers do And that's the Boston Celtics it really is incredible and Julius Randle once again Another brilliant performance. Fourth 40-plus game of the season. Hit eight threes for crying out loud. You know, we thought a couple of years ago when he was an all-star and he was the comeback player of the year that that was the best version of Julius Randle we were ever going to see. Right? Ever. Like, it couldn't get much better than that. And then certainly last year was the complete opposite end of the spectrum to where you didn't even know if you could get anything close to approaching What he did a couple of seasons ago. And then this year, not only does he shoot right past that, the guy's setting a new benchmark. And with him and Jalen Brunson, and by the way, with Jalen Brunson, how about in that third quarter last night? He goes up for that play at the rim, comes down, turns the ankle, goes to the locker room. Don't your worst fears start to take over, right? The whole, we can't have nice things ever. That's what seems to kind of like, show up in your mind, because you know that nothing could be easy, right? You can't, you can't enjoy the spoils of a season like this. And a guy who's been your most important player this year, one of the best free agent signings in the history of this franchise, maybe even in the history of New York City sports, when it's all said and done. Charles Barkley saying Jalen Brunson's one of the best free agent signings in the history of the NBA, ever, ever. But thankfully, he came right back into the game, went to the locker room, taped that sucker up. He's a gamer. He is an absolute gamer. And I'll tell you, give Tyler Hero some credit, because remember that game back at the Garden earlier this year, where the Knicks escaped at the buzzer against the Heat, right? It was like right before the All-Star break. Remember Tyler Hero had that potential game winner right in the corner. He was all by his lonesome, and that ball was in the air that night. It felt like for an hour. And you just thought that it was going to go down and the Knicks were going to get upended because generally of late, that's the way things go with this team. But nope. And even last night, despite the fact that he tried to put Miami on his back and he came damn near close from pulling off this comeback, didn't happen. But last night was one of those games like a win is a win. I get it. But last night was just a little bit more special, don't you think? When you have that nearly 20-point lead, you cough it up. I'll tell you, maybe even earlier this year, if that game is being played, like if last night was December, January, Knicks might lose that game. Knicks may not even be able to build up a 17-point lead first and foremost, but when they did cough up the lead, that might have been it. Turn out the lights, game over. I don't know if they have a second wind to retake control of that basketball game to which they did last year they wouldn't have won that game that's for damn sure and maybe even earlier this season but Randall Brunson what is going on with this offense can somebody explain that to me like when, when did they become you know this is like the uh the the, the Mike D'Antoni Steve Nash Amari Stoudemire like seven seconds or less for crying out loud this team shooting the ball as well as they are from the – I mean, they're shooting the ball 63% from the floor in the first half, putting up a 70-burger again at halftime. Like, what what, what planet are we on? When did this team have it in them to be able to play like this? And if you want to go back to the beginning of the season, we're all sitting there and we're looking at the so-called prognostications and the predictions and the experts and all those. Remember what their over-under was? It's 38-and-a-half. Well, they're at 38 right now. And he got 17 more games to play with. And, oh, by the way, I mentioned this last night in our brief little 30-minute program we gave you leading up to the next. Last night was like the infomercial, I said. The 30-minute show was like the infomercial setting up for the big main event, which is our full show this morning. But let's not set benchmarks for this team. Like, let's not restrict what they could do. They're only a game back at the Cavaliers right now. One lousy, stinking game. And that would be the four seed. And that would mean home court advantage. Remember the place the Knicks were at a couple of years ago? That actually happened. But this time it's different. This time it feels legit. You know, it's a normal season. You've got full buildings once again. We already went through what happened a couple of seasons ago. This means more. And really, when you look at the Eastern Conference at least as the way we thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. You knew you had your heavy hitters, the guys that resided up in the penthouse, the Milwaukees, the Bostons, the Phillies. And, yeah, I guess you could throw Cleveland into that category as well, the fact that they brought in Donovan Mitchell. And then it was everybody else, right? Then it was everybody else. People thought Miami might be a little bit better than they are. You also probably could have included Brooklyn into that discussion if you were willing to be completely naive and gullible thinking that KD and Kyrie were going to be able to coexist and everything was going to go right and there wasn't going to be any sort of drama and distraction. But as we know, it was. But those four teams kind of were apart from everybody else. Well, here are the Knicks looking to crash that party. Banging on that door of the penthouse saying, hey, guys, you got room for one more? Or not even just room for one more. Maybe they kick Cleveland out of it. And maybe they say, no, 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 no. I think you got the invitations mixed up. It's for us. We're the ones that are supposed to be here. 17 games left in the season. Like, really, how outlandish does this sound? got seven at home. You've got 10 on the road the rest of the way. Out of the 17 games that they still have to play, you've got nine against teams with losing records. So more than half. Right? And that's the same, by the way, that the Cavaliers have. Because I looked it up last night, too. Cleveland's got nine games remaining against teams with losing records. And, oh, by the way, they do play each other one more time. Late in the season, I want to say that it's March 31st, the Friday night. That's going to be a huge, huge matchup. But here's what you got with the Knicks. You've got a good team. You've got a team that's going to finish probably somewhere in the top, you can't even say top six, they're going to finish in the top five in the Eastern Conference. Question is where? Is it going to be five? Is it going to be four? I'd be shocked if it's any higher than four. Shocked. And I don't think that's going to happen. And you're also going to get a team that when it's all said and done, they're going to win between 45 and 50 games. I can't sit here and say they're going to win 50. I mean, my God. They win 50, that means they got to go 12 and 5 the rest of the way. I mean, I guess it's not impossible with the way they've been playing, but that's still asking a lot. Don't think about victories and final standings. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the experience. And that's what this whole thing should be about. You know, they've taken us on a little bit of a run here, especially after the new year to where I don't know how many of us thought it was even possible. And really from the jump at the beginning of the season, what Julius Randall has done, what Jalen Brunson has done. And then you start to get excited and think, all right, enjoy this club now. But think about the possibility of what could be in future seasons. Like when the front, o- the front office t- takes a look at this club and what they accomplished when this season is all said and done, and they think, oh, okay, we can make this even better maybe for next year. Who can we go out and add to this group, whether it's that number one, that frontline superstar player to where then you begin next year as one of those quote-unquote penthouse-type teams in the Eastern Conference? You talk about the growth and the progression of this team that I don't know how many of us thought it would be moving this rapidly. But here we are. And it's real. And it's legit. And I said before last night's game, you got Miami. You're going to Boston on Sunday night. Boston's angry. You mopped the floor with them pretty good at the garden back on Monday night. They were shorthanded. They were out probably for some revenge. And by the way, the Nets did the Knicks no favors at all last night. The fact that the Nets came back from 28 down in that building to stun the Celtics. You don't think the Celtics are going to be an extra bit ornery for that game tomorrow? Not just for the last game that they put on tape, but oh, by the way, what happened against the Knicks just earlier this week? So, Nets didn't do the Knicks any favors, to say the least in that game. But you know what? It's a new game. It's a new day. And the Knicks aren't the Nets. I would have taken a split between Miami and Boston. You got the Heat win. If you go beat Boston tomorrow night, it's gravy. If not, oh well. Just don't let it linger. Come back and take care of the crummy hornets on Tuesday before you go out to the West Coast, which always is going to be tricky. But if you're a Knick fan, you got to love this. You got to love this. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Like I said at the beginning of the show, and I don't lie to you guys, what do I have to gain by lying to you guys? Absolutely nothing. We got a jam-packed show. Huge show. You want to talk about basketball? Well, we're going to talk about basketball. We got Ian Begley coming on at 1130 this morning. Ian Begley, star, SNY, basketball insider, and my good friend as well. You want basketball? You want to hear a little bit more basketball? Maybe incorporate some reading into basketball? Well, how about David Hollander? He's an NYU professor, and he's an author. His new book that just came out, How Basketball Can Save the World, he's going to join us coming up at 11 o'clock. Oh, yeah, that's right. And don't worry, we will do plenty of football as well. Jets still need a quarterback. Giants trying to hang on to the quarterback that they have. Our good pal Jordan Renan covers the Giants for ESPN. He'll join us coming up at 10 this morning a jam-packed show see Tweet i that. don't lie Tweet to you that. guys i don't lie to you guys we're rocking till twelve thirty, then it's rangers hockey on this saturday dan Grasses show 98.7 espn this is the dan grasa show on 98.7
0: espn 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely
1: 800-919-3776 that is the Telephone number Jordan Renan, David Hollander, Ian Begley all going to be joining the program at various points throughout the course of the morning. Remember till 12:30, then it's Ranger Hockey. Rangers and the Bruins trying to get their first win with Patrick Kane in the lineup as they go up to Boston, who just happens to be the best team in the National Hockey League. We'll have some thoughts on that a little bit later on, see if the Rangers can actually put a somewhat of a full roster out there on the ice today because, well, they're going to need it because the Bruins are pretty darn good, as we all know. But talking Knicks, another victory, ho-hum. What else would you expect from a team that just doesn't know how to lose anymore? Randall the star once again. Let's hear a little bit from Julius after the game. How are, how are the Knicks going about this whole win streak thing, Julius?
2: Uh, Just confident and having fun. You know, the big thing is, you know, our preparation is great. Uh, Everybody's putting time into, you know, whether it's the waiting room, working on the court, film, whatever, uh, to make sure that we're prepared. But we are also having fun while we're doing it.
1: And what's made this team so special, in your opinion?
2: We really love each other, man. Uh, You know, we really spend real time, quality time with each other, getting to know each other, uh, just caring about each other. And I think... Um, it just translates on onto the court. So, And how'd you gain your composure there for that final shot? Game's not over. Um, you know, just got to keep playing. Uh, you know, mistakes are going to happen. And uh, for me, it was just about next play, next possession. And, uh, you know, I wanted to come through for my teammates. It's a heck of a shot. It's a heck of a
1: shot. Look, again, not ideal. Not the way it's going to be drawn up in any way, shape, or form. We know that. But to lose the ball... Regain your composure, clock is ticking, no panic, and just chuck that one up. A double bang, by the way, from Mike Breen. Double bang. Bang times two. And you know what? I think it's justified. Because it was that Look, when the ball left his hands, I didn't think it was going in. Although once it started to get about halfway there, you started to see it line up, and you're like, this this one's got a shot. But that just seemed like the way things were unfolding, it was a game that – I don't know, by the time he got down to that last possession, the Knicks kept, you know, butchering the ball. You just thought, nah, they, they're going to they're chuck this one away. And it didn't happen. It did not happen. It's a special group. It really and truly is. All right, let's go to the phones. 800 We'll start with our pal Spike. He's in St. Pete. He's first up here on 9870 ESPN. Spike, good morning. How are you?
3: Well, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. You described it uh, pretty much exactly every emotion I went through. I don't know if you've ever coached. uh, I've done, you know, a little officiating. Uh, The last play, the sloppiness. And I'll tell you, some of the callers and the listeners and even the host at this station – I'm very flattered that I must have gotten 15 messages and texts uh, you know, at a late hour going, uh, you had to enjoy that one. If you didn't enjoy that one, you don't enjoy how hard a team plays. I think the caption for this team, maybe there'll be t-shirts or banners or bumper stickers, even if they still do that. Uh, you got to have heart because as soon as a, a heart comes on the floor, I know you see it because you have a sharp eye. The team just coagulates, they, I mean, you don't have to score to be a leader on a team. And uh, I opened my big mouth. I think I was right before you came on for the half hour. I told them, I asked Michael, Peter, and Don, would you take a split? And they all intelligently said yes. But then Michael made a, a great point about if you win tonight, you know, why not? See, I think the only team, and my friend Bill Daughtry and I communicate a lot, and, and he goes, do they have another gear? And he agrees with me, too, and I know you will, too. The only team the Knicks can't beat is Milwaukee, who I think is going to win the title notwithstanding injuries because they're just balanced and they picked up Crowder. But let me tell you, that emotion with those eight seconds or whatever it is and losing the ball, not losing the ball, that it didn't go out of bounds because history tells you, Danny, that Julius Randle has not made a game winner. Julius Randle had missed free throws. I've been very hard on him. But as you say now, give him his flowers. He busts his ass. And there's not a better rebounding tandem in the NBA than Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle. That's my opinion. So let's enjoy it. And let's give the boys credit. And Hartenstein, too. Guys, these guys have a nose for a ball. Did I say anything wrong? No, not at all. And, 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 you know, don't forget our
1: buddy Josh Hart either. And, Spike, good to hear from you as always. Josh Hart doing his thing again. Second straight game, Josh Hart only takes his three shots off the bench. But that's okay. You know, you don't need him to score. I think that maybe a couple of fans got carried away those first couple of games that Josh Hart, you know, played for the Knicks. I think he scored, you know, what, 15, 16 points maybe or something like that. But that, that, that's not his game. You're not bringing him here for offense. And people that argued initially that, you know, Josh Hart should be in the starting lineup and, you know, put, put R.J. Barrett on the bench. no. No, Josh Hart is perfect exactly where he is in this role. Perfect to a T. Give you about, you know, 25 to 30 minutes a night. Take a couple shots. Do the dirty work on both ends of the floor. He gives you seven rebounds. And look at the box score. He's a plus 16. The other night he was a plus 30. Guy just finds ways to make plays and to contribute. And I think if you're a team like the Knicks that's, Let's be real. Still trying to figure out how to win and win consistently. Having a guy like that is not the worst-case scenario. And, oh, by the way, I'll bring this up too. R.J. Barrett last night was okay. You know, he was R.J. Barrett. 17 points, that's that's kind of his thing, right? What is he, 8 of 15 from the floor? That's That's an R.J. Barrett night. Nothing more, nothing less. Maybe you get, like, you know, few extra points, perhaps, whatever. But this is what we've kind of come to expect from R.J. Barrett. And for the longest time, and look, I don't think these conversations are going away anytime soon about what's his ceiling, is he going to get any better, should the Knicks have traded him, will the Knicks trade him for a superstar and include him in some sort of a package? Who the hell knows? But I'll say this in defense of R.J. Barrett, in defense of the Knicks, they picked third that year in the draft, right? They had no choice. It was the ping-pong balls. They finished third. New Orleans got Zion Williamson. Memphis got John Morant. Zion's always hurt, despite the fact he's a good player when he plays, but he's always hurt. And Lord knows when we're going to see him on the court again this year. And then there's John Morant, who last year had a great season. You know, MVP caliber season. You saw an MVP in the making. I don't think we've said that about R.J. Barrett. Not even close. But in light of recent events, could the Knicks maybe have gotten a break from the basketball gods when it's all said and done? And the reason I say that is this. Not to sit here and try to confuse the fact that R.J. Barrett is a better player or as talented a player as those other two guys. But Zion with the injury issues, which if you ask me right now or you ask anybody out there, if I, if I asked you, hey, next 10 years, Is Zion Williamson going to be somebody who is an iron man in the NBA and is always going to take the floor with regularity and you had to bet your house on it? You would probably say no, right? Based on the information and the data we have up until this point. Hell, you could even go back to Duke the one year he was there. Guy's an injury-prone player. But John Morant was always the outlier, and that guy looked like he was going to be a special dude, future MVP, all those things. Well, now things are happening with John Morant off the court, and the whole Shannon Sharp episode that played out publicly. And then you're hearing these stories and these reports about the people that John Morant keeps in company with. You read a story about an incident that happened over the summer, I think it was, where there was, you know, a gun involved with the dispute. And then last night, I didn't even know about this until got on this morning, and 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 the guys were telling me. After the game last night, Memphis loses, by the way, to Denver, and then afterwards you got zion or excuse me not zion i don't want to get him into any trouble but then you got John morant going on an instagram live looking like i don't know it looks like he's like filming a video or something like that but he's sitting there he's got a gun in his hand again like holding it up to his up to his face like somebody's got to get a hold of this guy see his father wants to win like an usher look-alike contest And be sitting there courtside with the flashy clothes and the flashy shades and all these things and maybe acting like he's 20 years younger than he really is and wants to be like the young, cool, hip dad. Whatever. Great. But if you're really his dad, dude, you got to get in your son's ear a little bit and have a real heart to heart because he is about to flush away something which only a few people on the planet are even born with the ability to do. He's a tremendous talent. He was given a gift. But if he's going to act like this and he wants to associate with maybe some people that aren't necessarily presenting him in the best light, he could flush it all away like that. Somebody's got to have a heart-to-heart with this guy. Because he's still a young dude. You know, he doesn't have everything figured out yet in life. You know, we all did stupid things, even at that age. What is he, 23, 24 years old? John Moran, if that. Right? But this is a troubled pattern of behavior that seems to be repeating itself here and it's kind of happening a little too fast. And I'm being 100% serious about that. I really and truly am. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your calls. We'll get into the football stuff. Remember, Jordan Renan's joining us at 10 to talk a little. Giants and Daniel Jones, where the two sides stand in those negotiations. Dan Grasse's show, right here on a Saturday, 98.7 ESPN.
3: This is the Dan Grasso's
1: show on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: All kidding aside, and look, I know that we'd like to have some fun at their expense, but a real good win for the Nets last night. I mean, you're on the road in Boston. You're down 28. All hope is lost. National TV game on ESPN, right? You're getting embarrassed. You just got embarrassed the last game you played at the Garden against the Knicks. You know, you're still trying to get used to all your cast of characters. It's a different team. It's a different group. I mean, it would have been easy to just roll over and say, well, you know, it ain't our night again. But no. Celtics took their foot off the gas ever so slightly. And that's all you need sometimes. They come all the way back. As good a comeback as you're ever going to see. On the road especially. And Mr. Bridges, at least for one night, showing you that, hey. I don't know if he's going to be your number one scoring option moving forward. I, I hesitate to think that he will be. But, you know, he's a capable player. Nets are a far cry from where they used to be personnel-wise, and they get a win to save face a little bit here. Nets will find their way into that play tournament. That's where they're going to finish up, somewhere in that 7 to 10, because I don't think the Eastern Conference is good enough outside of the top 10 to even merit anybody to be part of that discussion. So almost by default and what they did for the first, you know, three, three and a half months of the season, Nets will be in that 7 to 10. But other than that, you know, it's all about what is this team going to do moving forward and how they're built. And they didn't do the Knicks any favors, as I said earlier, because the Nets coming back from 28 down and beating the Celtics like that on their home floor is just going to make the Celtics more angry for when the Knicks come calling tomorrow night. So rivalry continues. As they say, let's say hi to Mitch in East Windsor. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Mitch, good morning. How are you?
5: Good. Uh, then we well, getting over a call. Maybe the whole week I was thinking of something else. Still oh, geez.
1: Uh, well, Mitch, I'm glad to hear that you're doing better and you're able to contribute to the program this morning. So, so everything checks <laughs> out okay. You're doing well.
5: I think so. I'm at, I'm at the dealership. So, what do I get to the bill? But anyway, so then <laughs> I don't. You don't want to see what's coming.
1: Oh
4: God.
5: <laughs> I'd never check on my ties. I you know maybe, maybe it's been better anyway, well, it's my fault. Uh, you can't take it with you. No. Uh, <laughs> I tell you boy before I get to my points, I'm, I'm trying to make it quick now. um mm. the thing when you said about your Morant, Morant it's, it's foolish man you get suspended but you, you know you got that kid Carter, the Georgia, and the real uh well, I don't know which one's worse because three lives are, uh, are lost the kid Miller. But anyway, I guess. Here, they here, have their here's own
1: the, Mitch, you know what it is? I'll, say, I'll, I'll summarize it as succinctly as I possibly can about John Morant. It, 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 if things go the way they're supposed to, you're talking about a guy that probably over the next 10 to 15 years will accumulate hundreds, plural, hundreds of millions of dollars in his bank account. And with some of this foolish behavior that we're seeing of late, he is this close to flushing it out the door over the next couple of years. That's all I'm going to say.
5: Yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, the you remember Alan Aronson, you know, the, the freeloaders. You got to understand. And then hopefully he's got the criminal elements. uh And and, they, and people still rather will uh, pick on um, LeBron James for everything he does. I know he's a little too much at times. Um, what I was going to say, I think that with the Easy Conference, tough five, six teams can, it's like anyone's pick, including the Knicks. I mean, Julius Randle and Hart, Man, they're really going to stick it to, to my Lakers. Uh, what's the story of my Clippers? I mean, they, may, they bring three, four guys. They haven't won since Westbrook, and I like Westbrook. He's a of famer. I mean, between the Clippers and the Cleveland Browns, I don't know what team is, is, is it that has any more worse luck than those two. And thanks for talking, my core.
1: Mitch, be good. Glad to hear that you're feeling better. Yeah, how about last night? You know, Paul George has that great drive to the basket late in the game, puts that one high up off the glass. Big bucket. And then in the final minute there, they're scrambling around, throwing the ball all over uh, all across the court. And then Westbrook is sitting there wide open. The ball goes right through his hands and out of bounds. (laughs) Like you can't script it any better. You know, if you are a comedian and somebody of the cynical nature, then the Clippers come up one point short to the Sacramento Kings. They light the beam out there in Sacramento, which is what they do after they win games. And if you're the Knicks, you hope that you don't give Sacramento a reason to light that beam later on this week when you're going to be out there playing. Knicks Clippers, by the way, next Saturday, a week from today, Saturday afternoon, little matinee out there in La La Land. Josh is in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7. What's up, Josh?
2: Hey, good morning. What's up? How you doing, man? What's
1: up, Josh? Um, How you doing?
2: So, yeah, I'm great, man. I'm I'm excited about what's going on. I'm loving the, the tenacity by the team. But when you look at the game from last night, and I don't want to be a psychosaurus or anything, but um, when you talk about R.J. Barrett and you look at that third quarter, what's happening, and when the, they started to come back, everything that – when they started to come back, every shot was towards him, you know? Every bucket that they made, every every defensive effort that he tried to make, they they started to come back towards him. And I really wonder this offseason what will happen with him if he's going to. I don't know. If, I don't want. I don't know if he's in Tip's plans because Tibbs clearly doesn't trust him anymore. You know, he's not playing any other fourth quarter. He doesn't get any great. Well, he minutes. finished uh, he, last night. He, though. He, once he, once he...
1: he was on the floor last night. In I the again, i
2: Okay, yeah. So, but usually during the games, he's not. Uh, he he he's right, right out. Um. But I, I, it, it, it's it's really becoming real. It's real like he's really out of place on this team now. And I, I really wonder this offseason what they what the what they're, they're, they're plan is if, if moving forward if they're going to try to relegate him to the bench, or if they're going to try to get somebody to that to that spot for him because it's I don't think Tid's really trust him anymore. And you know Tidd is a truck guy with you know the kind of coach that he is. So it's going to be real difficult this season, offseason. But I, I hope they go at least second round of the playoffs. You know, to, just to get some get some good out of this season. Thanks for the call.
1: Josh, be good. Appreciate it. Look, wherever the. Look, I think the Knicks are going to be either the fourth or the fifth seed in the East. I mean, that's the way things are shaping up right now, 17 games to play. So if you're in the 4-5, I mean, the 4-5 is a coin flip. That's what it's supposed to be, right? They're the teams that are too evenly matched, and it might be the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's not a slam dunk. Can the Knicks beat Cleveland over a seven-game series? Yeah, they can, but is it a given? Are you going to be, like, super confident going in? No, probably not. And. If that's how your season ends, I still think that there's a lot of positives. Look, if if things continue the way they are for the rest of the 17 games, they win between 45 and 50, like I said, you're the five seed. You play Cleveland in a, a best of seven and you lose in, I don't know, six or seven games. I still think that would be considered a good season. Now, you also don't want Donovan Mitchell to go off and go crazy and, you know, average 40 points a game while eliminating you from the playoffs because it kind of then reminds you of what you could have had last summer. But Josh brings up R.J. Barrett, and I hate to keep belaboring this point, but I think it serves as a good example that, look, if the Knicks do want to go out there and get that number one, the Batman, you might have to part ways with a guy like R.J. Barrett to get him. And this is a team that signed him to an extension. I get it, but... You want to get, you got to give, and the Knicks were reluctant last offseason, but maybe they learned their mistake, and maybe, like I said, it could be a blessing in disguise if they do go head-to-head with Cleveland and Mitchell's the one who burns them, that might just drive it home even further to the front office saying, geez, we don't have that guy. We got to go get him. Put him with Julius Randle. Put him with Jalen Brunson. You know, because right now when you talk about your big three, that's what it is right now with this team. But I think that we can all agree that R.J. Barrett is the third wheel. He's that third guy. So if you swap him out and then you bring in a new number one and then you have Randall as a 1A, Brunson as a 1A, slash B, whatever you want to call it, that makes the team stronger. Does it not? 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your phone calls. will do the football coming up at the top of the hour with Jordan Renan. Where are the Giants and Daniel Jones right now in these negotiations? We'll get the answers from Jordan. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> we all know
4: breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: I just got to say this, too. Let me throw this out there. By the way, today's a special day. It is the uh, birthday of the uh, wonderful Mrs. Grassa. It is her birthday, my lovely wife. So happy birthday to her. So in, in, in the lead up to the birthday, you know, you go out there and, you know, you buy a couple of gifts and, you know, show your appreciation, that sort of thing. And historically, I was probably like, not that they actually have official documentation of this. But I, I think it goes without saying, and I'm I'm not ashamed to admit it. If if you were compiling of a, a list, and I'm talking not just like people that work at the station, uh, not even New York, the tri-state area. I'll even go so far as to say Western civilization. If you were making a list of the worst gift wrappers in Western Civ, I'm probably or I would have been on that list. Probably like top five worst gift wrappers. Like it was comical. My attitude was, as long as the item, whatever you're trying to wrap, is covered completely with wrapping paper, you did your job. Doesn't matter how sloppy it is. Doesn't matter how many actually shreds or strips of paper it takes. How much paper you waste, as long as it's covered, you did your job because I'm the person wrap it up. exactly the person you're giving the gift to they they have no idea what it is. That that's what the goal is. That's the objective. So I didn't I'm wrap talking, it up. I'm talking for years. I mean, I was never given any formal training. I just went about it the best way that I could and, and, and got the job done, even though it was a sight for sore eyes. No, not not exactly. wrapped up in that pap. So I can't explain exactly how it happened, when it happened, or even if I knew it was going to happen. But I think that the turning point was this past Christmas when I sat down and I you know, did my you know, share of rapping. And don't ask me how, but it just switched. To where I found myself wrapping things like I should have one of those jobs at some like fancy department store, like wrapping gifts, because it, it was perfection. And now with this just past birthday, when I was wrapping up all the gifts and stuff, I'm like, how did this happen? It's something that I'm damn good at. To the point now where if you're making a list of the great gift wrappers in Western civilization, I am in the top five, and I'm not ashamed to admit it either. And, I, and you know... Maybe we're put on this earth to do different things and God gives us special talents and so on and so forth. All this time, all these years, maybe mine was gift wrapping. You know, maybe I should just quit doing this talking thing and just switch to gift wrapping permanently. That might be my vocation in life. And I I, I can't explain, you know, like when, you know, um, Picasso picked up a paintbrush or something like that. Early on in, you know, in his life or whatever, like he, he he just didn't know he sat down and he did his art and it, it just clicked all the greats. You know, Michael Jordan started dribbling a basketball. All of a sudden he became a virtuoso, you know, Federer with the tennis racket. He maybe doesn't know when, but all of a sudden it just voila, he become a magician with it. That's what's happened to me with gift wrapping. That is my gift. That is my. That is what I am supposed to be projecting onto this planet. Do I have to like do conferences? Should I do like you know travel the country doing like gift wrapping type of demonstrations and presentations for your gift? Exactly. So this could be my thing. Maybe I could get Harvey. Maybe I could get like a side hustle going on. I could do like these videos and put them online, and you know you could pay a service to watch me gift wrap and teach how to get. But I, 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 like I said, I don't know how it happened, but damn it, I'm damn proud of it.
4: Dan Grosso, the rapper.
1: That. That's, that's me. Dan, the rapper. Different kind of rapping, but it's still rapping. Bottom line. 800 uh, 919 Mike is in Roxbury. He's up next here on 98.7. Michael, good morning. How are you? Good, Dan. How are you doing? Good, Mike. What's going on?
4: Uh, a couple of things. One, as far as the gift wrapping, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like all of a sudden you have an epiphany and how to do the corners, clicks, cutting the it's, right size, clicks. So I know exactly what you mean.
1: It, 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 to um, the point, to the Mike. I'll say, and I'll throw this thing in there too. To the point now, where it's almost become enjoyable because I'm so good at it. At, right, it becomes
4: therapeutic. Uh, exactly. Yes. Yes.
1: Exactly.
4: <laughs> uh, I just want to say the Knicks right. The Knicks right now remind me of that old Detroit Pistons team back a. Uh, I remember it was 2000 or what when they beat the Lakers when they had no big stars just everybody showed up they yep. well great chemistry everything
1: yeah and they they had a well that team had a commitment to defense they played defense a hell of a lot better than this Knicks team does but you're right it was a, a collection yeah, but we're of five more points a game though well it's a, it's it's a different it's a different NBA now than it was in 2004. Oh, totally. Remember, totally. Now, it, now every team averages, you know, 110 points a game just because it's offense, offense, offense. But you're right, that team, and Larry Brown, you know, coached it to a T, got the best out of his yeah. players, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. I mean, that team with Tayshaun Prince, they were a pain you know, in the neck. When they got Rasheed
4: Wallace, much like when we just got, I don't remember, I'm, I got to admit, I'm just a mild basketball fan football is my real sport so I don't remember the guy's name that we just picked up in the trade uh but it's like all the part and everything's clicking yes Josh Hart thank you and they are just clicking on all cylinders right now
1: you're absolutely right it's it's a good mix and Mike thanks for the phone call but and you know it's funny too with that Pistons team in 2004 if you remember the Nets with Jason Kidd had gone to two straight finals in 02 and 03. 03 they actually had a decent shot to beat the Spurs. They lost in 6. A couple of those games could have went either way and even in game 6 the Nets blew a huge lead in that game in San Antonio and the Spurs won the title. The next year in 04 the Nets got matched up with the Pistons in the second round in the Eastern Conference. Nets actually had a 3-2 lead in that series. They won a game 5 in Detroit on a Friday night. I'll never forget that. And the game went It had to go like three or four overtimes or something crazy like that. Guys were, you know, because the game went so long, you had all like these key players that fouled out of the games. Brian Scalabrini had to come in and play meaningful minutes in those overtimes and make big shots. So the Nets got that big game five win in Detroit. They had a 3-2 lead in the series, came back to the Meadowlands for game six, and it looked like they were going to finish off the Pistons, and it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. They laid an egg. Detroit won game six. They went back to Detroit for game number seven. And Jason Kidd had like one of the worst games that he ever played maybe in his NBA career. And the Nets had no shot in seven. Pistons go on to the conference finals, on to the NBA finals, and they win the whole thing. But, you know, it's so funny because that, they were this close to getting knocked out in the second round by the Nets and who knows how kind of nba history would have been altered there a little bit because remember that team in, in 04 with the pistons they that's kind of the in the last 25 years that's that team without the true superstars we like to call it that was still able to slay the dragon and win themselves an nba championship let's say hi to jose in brooklyn who's up next jose how are you
6: hey 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 how you doing mr gravo
1: What's up, Jose? How it things?
6: Uh everything's going well, and thank you for that history lesson because I always, you know, pointed to that series as the end of that, you know, Jason Kidd era with the Knicks because they oh, never sure. really got to, you know, anywhere near that again. Um, so I wanted to talk about the Knicks, and I, and, literally, and I I just wanted to, you know, say Julius Randle, I can't say enough about him. You know, we all know his flaws. We all get it, and we all know that, you know, he can be, you know, you know hopefully next year he still hits these circus shots, you know, because that was pretty much fantastic i thought that it, it you know when you go through the when your heart sinks and it goes up and then it sinks again and that's what that play was because when he he lost it twice i was just like oh my god this is usual as usual and then he gets it back and hits that shot and it's just like well, it it really was was elation so i gotta say um big ups to him he's been very consistent all year and the one thing i gotta say with R um about rj you know 17 points wasn't it wasn't a bad night it wasn't a great night and I just think um we just gotta kind of kind of with Julius Randle just kind of see the, how the ride is and keep having patience because you know there's there, there's something there but it, but he's gotta bring it out uh, um more on a consistent night.
1: You know what it is, Jose. Thanks for the call. It's, it was an RJ Barrett night. Nothing more, nothing less. You know, it's kind of what we've come to expect. Steady, if not unspectacular. That's kind of what it is, unfortunately. When we come back, we'll switch gears. A little football, little giant football. Daniel Jones, Giants, Saquon, Joe Shane, Brian Dayball. How are things moving in giant land? Jordan has all the answers for you. He's coming up next. Dan Gross, show member, bonus half hour here on this Saturday. We go till 1230 right here on 98.7 ESPN.